Before you even step on the scales, consider this. Weight loss is 99% mindset, and when that head hunger kicks in, no amount of food will feed it. Does that sound familiar? Welcome to Slimming Stories Around the World podcast. I'm Claire Alden West, hypnotherapist and coach. If you can relate to head hunger, eating food on autopilot, then this is your safe space. Here you will find heartfelt weight loss slimming stories and celebrate the honesty of those guests who share their ups and downs and everything in between. If you know you need to change your health and are ready to step into a different energy to make that mind-body connection, I'm so glad to welcome you. Feel free to click on the link in the show notes and say hi in our Facebook group. Welcome back to another episode of Slimming Stories. I'm your host, Claire Oldham-West. I just want to start just by saying a big thank you for, for those people who have taken the time to send me a message to thank me for being back recording the podcast episodes. It feels quite strange being back, publishing every week. And um, yes, it's definitely a commitment. I think with this this particular podcast episode, I think I've probably put in around seven hours, eight hours. And I think people kind of forget that when they tune in every week, how much time, how much effort goes into that. So so any any words of encouragement, any words of thanks is, is really, really um, gratefully received. So so thanks for, for just doing that and taking that, that time. It does mean a lot. It really, really does. So this week's episode is with a new guest called Tender. And the reason why I brought Tender onto the podcast is I found her on YouTube when I was taking those brave steps, looking to produce my own YouTube channel, which I've now got two of. And I found Tender talking about her weight loss journey. And this week's episode is a bit of a deep dive into those feelings that you want to feel when you step on those scales. And also how Tender took back her power away from the scales. She, she talks about how she felt that that was kind of a bit of an obsession and how it was taken over so much so that often she would decide not to socialise every weekend because she was, she was too much into that that headspace of if I, if I go over on my sins, if I go over on calories, it's, it's going to jeopardise my weight loss. So that's the conversation that we're going to have in today. I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm really, really excited to be publishing this today. Here's introducing to Tender to her episode of Slimming Stories. Enjoy. Welcome to Tender. I'm really, really pleased you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. And I've been following Tender on, on YouTube, just looking at her journey. And I love I love your real honesty, you know, that, that real openness about your weight loss journey. And also the way that you've chosen to go into your weight loss journey, not being maybe as strict in one particular plan and, and almost taking off that pressure. I think often when I've had guests on, it's almost like you can can taste that that pressure that they've put themselves under when they've looked to to losing weight so I'm really looking forward just to getting into that conversation and, and unpicking that with you so when did you feel Tinder that you really wanted to make those those healthy changes when did you feel for you um, that you wanted to make the, those steps to to lose weight and to feel better about yourself um so I started my journey in 2018 in 2018, I was at my biggest. Um, I was a size 22. Um, however, I've never been small. I was born chubby. I was a chubby baby, chubby child, chubby teenager. But at this point, it had begun to really affect me. My confidence, I found myself kind of shying away from photos. I didn't want to go places with my family, like would go on rides with my children. I didn't want to get on the rides. 
and at that point I knew that I had to do something mm-hmm. um so I'm a very social person but I noticed I wasn't going out as much so I decided that I would attempt to lose the weight I had no idea how to lose weight it's not a journey I'd never taken before um so yeah it was a real learning experience for me and that's quite interesting actually when you said that you never you never tried to lose weight before many guests that I've had on the podcast have explained that, that they've tried something during school um, during the, the early teens so when you started this weight loss journey how old was you at that point 2018 four years ago I was 36 36 um, yeah which I, which I think that's quite that's quite un, unusual to hear so so up until that point, you had that confidence, you, you kind of accepted that you're a curvy lady and, and you were happy with that. And I wonder what happened at that point that you, you decided to make that change to, to feel that you couldn't feel that, that confidence that you once felt before when maybe during your, you know, your, your 20s and your teens. Yeah. I think I'd got to a size that I wasn't comfortable with. Mm. Um, I liked being curvy. I celebrated it and I'm married and my husband celebrated it so I loved it I felt very confident in my skin it was when I didn't feel comfortable in my skin um so before I wasn't worried necessarily about being judged by other people or other people maybe deeming you know looking at me and seeing maybe someone is big or fat I was fine with myself it's when I wasn't okay with myself um it's when I didn't like what I was looking at Mm. It's when my husband would pay me a compliment and I I failed to receive it. Mm. Um, whereas before, when I was a bit small, you know, kind of smaller, uh, when I got married, I was a size 16. I felt beautiful. I was fine. Um, if you told me I looked beautiful, I believed him. But it's when I got to a size I wasn't comfortable with, then I didn't feel comfortable. I struggled to take compliments. I didn't feel like I looked nice in anything. I was embarrassed. I didn't like looking at photos. So I think the difference is I'd got to that size where I just wasn't comfortable anymore. That size. And I think that, that that's great that you touched on that, that you didn't feel that you could take that compliment, that, that, that you didn't feel comfortable in your skin. And it's important to say that it that is the right time to, to look at losing weight, to do it for yourself not to do it for, for anyone else, not to feel any pressure from anyone else and to just to do it for yourself. And I, and I love the fact that you, you explained that, that, you know, you celebrated those curves. Uh, and I personally from a family where, you know, from a family with lots of curvy ladies. And, yeah. and to me, we, we've never been um, a really, really small size family. So it was never an issue. It was something that was, that was accepted. You know, I've got beautiful cousins and aunties that have got lovely, beautiful curves. But when you feel that you can't take those compliments and when you feel that, that something's not right, other than that, that not feeling that you could take that compliment and accept that, how did you feel in your body? How did you feel at size 22? And I know that you're a nurse. How did that affect you on a, on a daily basis of, of, of being in that body at that size? Yeah, so I think what made me feel even more uncomfortable was the fact that I struggled to walk up the stairs I would get breathless by the time I got upstairs. Um, I was getting a lot of um, knee pain, back pain, and I struggled even to sleep. Um, you know, when I lie down, I would really feel it. Mm. Um, 
I'd get very tired working night shifts, overly tired. And I knew it had a lot to do with, you know, my weight and the way I was eating. And as a nurse, I'm supposed to give health advice. Yeah. And I found myself really struggling to do that. I just sounded like a hypocrite. Mm. Um, so weight loss didn't just affect the way I looked and felt. It affected how I show up in my job because, you know, it's kind of like lecturing someone on smoking when you smoke yourself. You tend to just leave that page. You just skip to the next one because yeah. how dare you tell someone to stop smoking? How would I say to someone, you know what? the way you're eating and your weight is dangerous. You need to lose weight when they're mm. looking at me. So yeah. in order to do my job, I had to do something. I also sing um, in a local uh, church choir okay. and it's, I, I struggled to sing at okay. that size. I, I just, everything, I felt very breathless mm. trying to sing. And I realized that all the things that I love I was beginning to struggle and it was you know as I said before it was affecting my relationship with my husband because I just you know um I would shy away I wasn't enjoying doing anything um I didn't want to dress up I started changing in the bathroom <laughs> and not the bedroom I didn't want to be seen no so yeah I think you know, it's when that weight affects everything else. It's not yeah. just that you look big or feel big. It's that you know that for your health, it's not doing you any good. I'm struggling to do my work. I'm struggling to do my hobbies. I'm struggling to enjoy my relationship. I don't want to go on rides with my children. Yeah. You know. That's the time. That's the right time. And so you, you went right to that age of 36 and, and embarking on this, this weight loss journey. What first steps did you take? Was it just right? Okay, I'm, I'm going to try this. Did, did you work your way through all those hundreds of diets, thousands of diets out there, or did you? Was you given advice? What, where did you start to to make that that start in your journey? I think there's some basics that most people know. I mm. want to believe that probably everyone knows, and I started there. I think everyone knows the basic things like junk food is bad for you. I think people know the basics that there are more calories in takeaway than cooking at home. So I made really small changes to begin with, less takeaways, less junk food, or less often, you know, it's not that I didn't eat any, yeah. but I knew that having three, four bags of crisps a day was probably not a good idea. And having takeaway three times a week was probably not a good idea. So mm. I started with really small changes. I knew that walking or exercising three, four times a week was good. So initially the only exercise I did was walking. I don't think I could have managed anything else. Yeah. Um, so I began to take walks um, every day for initially maybe 20 minutes. And I got to a point where I loved it so much. I could walk for an hour, two hours. Um, and I went online, I researched about diets. I tried a few things initially. I mean, initially I just did healthy eating. Yeah. And initially it did actually work. I, I lost quite a lot of weight just eating healthy, uh, cutting down on the junk food, cutting down on takeaways. And then for some reason, um, my weight just stagnated. I couldn't lose, I couldn't shift the weight anymore. Okay. So I guess I went hunting for diets 
um, I tried, I think the first diet I tried was actually the ketogenic diet. Okay, very brave. Perhaps, <laughs> yes. Um, did it work? Yes. Yeah. Was it sustainable for me? No. Um, it literally meant giving up everything that I really enjoy. So it didn't feel like I was eating healthy for myself. It felt like I was punishing myself in order to look a certain way. Yeah, yeah. I think Keith Janik is a wonderful diet and I've got a friend who's a keto coach and, and she absolutely adores it. But also she can get up in the morning, have, have bacon, have melted cheese and egg. Where for me, I, I love Sarah, I love my porridge, I love, I love all those things. And, and thinking about stripping out my carbs, you know, I make homemade pizza. So all of that is is a big no-no. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of keto is, is about understanding where you can use those swaps and and really invest in time and I think for me I just didn't have that time to really invest yeah. into understanding it yeah. and to simplify it but but well done for trying that and so you tried the keto I, diet yeah I, I tried it for a good three months and it definitely worked yeah um, it's just the problem is when you pick a diet that's not right for you mm. the day you give yourself a break that's it the day I decided oh you know what let me have a day off I've done my 90 days let me eat a little bit of bread. You don't eat one slice. You don't eat two. You don't eat three. You eat a whole lot of bread. And yeah. that's the beginning of putting the weight back on. Um, then I tried Slimming World. Um, Slimming World was really good for me. I lost four stone doing Slimming World. Wow. I think the combination of um, having a structured diet and actually attending a group. I think support is really, really important mm. when you are um, trying to lose weight. I think to be surrounded by like-minded people who are speaking the same language as you're speaking, who are passionate about what you're passionate about at the time, really, really helps. It keeps you focused as well, mm. knowing that every, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever your day, you know, may be, you are going to group. It keeps you really, really focused. So I enjoyed that and it it helped. Uh, four stone I lost. So clearly yeah. it worked. Wonderful. Yeah. But I think as much as it was good because it kept me focused, that's kind of keeping that focus all the time then made my journey less enjoyable I was just it seemed like my whole life was about slimming world mm. you know? so initially I enjoyed it I wanted my whole world to be about slimming world because my biggest goal was to lose weight but the more weight I lost I wanted to then begin to focus on other areas in my life but I seemed to be so diet focused that I didn't want to go out anymore I couldn't even eat a bit of ice cream with my children he was like, no, 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 no. Because when I jump on those scales, you know, I would have put on weight. Mm. Um, and I think I lost balance. And I think in, in, yeah. you know, when you're losing weight, you need balance. You need to be able to have Christmas dinner without feeling terrible. You need to go out for a meal or enjoy your birthday without feeling awful. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's really important. And for some people... They can have those days and, and get back on. Um, but like you, what you said, sometimes for you, it was if I, if I come off it, I'm going to have all, all of that bread. And I've had I've had Christmas days. And I've, I've not I've not had massive gains after Christmas like this year. I didn't have a, I put two pound on over, I think, like two months period. 
but ev- everyone is different and you're right that that focus is wonderful that group support is that is absolutely wonderful too but getting that balance is right and I think if and I've heard it in group before I've attended swimming world and you know I do love swimming world I lo- love the plan but I've heard in group people say you know what I'm not going to go out this weekend so I'm going to I'm going to come back with a great loss and it's when you get to that point where it's like okay so I'm not going to socialize I'm not going to have that that great time of a weekend just because I see that number go down yeah on the scales and I think that comes from my ne- next point of having followed you I know that you're not one for that that number on that scale for really obsessing over that so I just want to talk to you about that that number on the scale and how it was for you having gone to group I've been I've been really looked at that number I've been maybe restricted how you ate with your family not having ice cream because you're is really really focused on that number and then move into you know what I'm not going to weigh myself every week what happened what was the shift from from going every week to be really really focused to that you know what I'm going to give myself a break and maybe I'm going to get weighed every couple of weeks or every month what happened for you there um I think Slimming World as I said I absolutely love it I lost four stone on it so I know it works however it's very number focused it doesn't celebrate non-scale victories it doesn't celebrate the fact that I lost inches it doesn't celebrate that mentally I've shifted from maybe not liking myself to now liking myself it focuses on nothing else but what does the number on the scale say? So I could have a great week and feel really good about myself, but it's the scale that judges me at the end of the day. Hmm. And obviously weight fluctuates. You can have a great yeah. week and put on a pound and feel so bad. And you may then have your consultant say, look at your diary. There must be something you did wrong. And that feels awful. Hmm. You know, that can feel yeah. really, really terrible. Now, when I lost four stone, I was about six pounds away from my um, target weight. At this point, I looked exactly how I wanted to look. I felt exactly how I wanted to feel. But the scale didn't reflect that. So I began to not enjoy. I struggled to lose us, you know, those last six pounds, I really, really struggled. And... I got obsessive over trying to lose the six pounds and ignoring the fact that I was feeling great and I'd reached my goal um, shape. I I look, I loved the way I was looking, but I was still weighing six pounds heavier. Mm. And, you know, you could say, why didn't you just change the, um, like my target, but it felt like I was cheating. Like, I needed to at least reach my goal weight at least once, you know, like I I needed to get to that number. Um, So every week for me became even more about the the number. Mm. And I forgot how well I'd done. I forgot that I'd lost four stone. I forgot that I'd moved from a size 22 to a size 14. I was even smaller than I was at the age of 23. Like, yeah, wow. But I didn't see that anymore. No. Because I I just felt like a failure because I hadn't reached, you know, that weight. So I realized that I developed a really bad relationship with the scale. It became the thing that judges me. Um, and I forgot to, you know, I forgot that my opinion was actually more important than what the scale said. Yeah. If I was feeling good and I liked the way I looked, why wasn't that enough? Why did the scale need to validate me? Mm. 
you know and so I, I I kind of said to myself I'm going to stop weighing myself for a while eat healthy exercise wake up every day conscious that I want to do the best for my body for my mind um and then weigh myself at the end of the month because at the end of the day I do want to see whether I'm going in the right direction or not yeah but I want to be more in tune with myself Mm. because at the end of the day when I started the journey it wasn't because of the number on the scale it was because of how I felt absolutely that that is exactly it you want to feel that's it you want to feel different and so many people put that emphasis and I've done it myself so many put that emphasis on that either that number on that scales that number on that that jean size for me it was like a size a pair of size 12 Levi's that I had when I was probably like 19 put that emphasis but actually what people want they don't want the number is irrelevant they want to wake up in the morning they want to feel good in the skin they want to yeah. be able to stand in front of the mirror like that reflection and mm-hmm. smile back and, and feel that 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 self-love they want that that true that true feeling of of how health feels and we don't always know that when we when we think about setting our targets, yeah. when we think about how how we want to feel in our bodies, but we don't ask ourselves how what do we want to feel? How do we want to feel in the morning? It's like right, okay, this BMI, which I've heard you know other um, other guests talk about that actually BMI it's outdated. It's really really outdated. We don't need to think about that. Think about how we want to feel that, and I love the fact that you recognise that but also you, you you felt that that pressure and I don't necessarily think that that is slimming world however the fact yeah. that it's that weighing every week of course that that's a behavior that, that starts yeah. isn't it and I think as well when I've heard people in group talk about they've got to target and this is something that I hear a lot in slimming world when you get to target that's where the hard work starts now to me that is hypnosis get to target that's where the hard works it's like on constant repeat if you're constantly hearing that hearing that it's going to be do I want it to get to target because when I get to target it's going to be even more difficult to be even harder than it is now so going from that that weighing every week and then changing that to every month how did that then feel to you shifting from that how was it in the morning for you knowing that you know you've not got to go to group that week I, it was liberating. I feel like I took my control back. Yeah. I feel like I'd handed over my power to a set of scales. And now I had the power. I, I got to decide whether I was doing great or not. Um, like I said, obviously, I still weigh myself at the end of the month because I want to make sure I'm going in the right direction. But when I wake up, my focus isn't what does the scale say? It's more about how do I feel? What am I going to do to feed my body today, to nourish it? You know, there are things that you eat and you feel terrible. There are things that you eat and you're so proud of yourself on that day. And that's my focus now. How do I make myself feel good every day? Yeah. And I know that naturally, when I eat healthy food, I'm buzzing. And better Mm -hmm. still, if I go for a walk, and then come back, I make even better choices. Absolutely. I've already made myself so proud by the fact that I went for a walk. When I come back, my mindset is set. Mm. I am 
enjoying it. And the only person or the only thing judging me, it's me. I'm feeling mm. really good that I went for a walk. I'm feeling really good that I ate well. It's not focusing on what the number is. It's not focusing on what the scale will say. Yeah. So if I go out, I enjoy myself guilt-free. When I come back, I get back on my plan. In fact, now that I don't strictly, I'm Slimming World inspired more mm -hmm. than just, you know, um, I don't strictly do Slimming World. When I go out, it's nice because I don't call it falling off plan or going off plan yeah. anymore. Because what I've done now is I'm, I'm kind of doing a combination of Slimming World. Um, so I'm doing a, a combination of Slimming World, intermittent fasting, and roughly calorie counting or portion control. And the way I do that is if I know I'm going out on Saturday, I know that if I'm going to have a high calorie uh, meal, I can intermittent fast, start eating later on in the day, or eat something really light in the afternoon and then have my main meal when I'm out. When I get there, I may not know the calories, but I clearly know that the smaller the portion, the less calories. Absolutely, yeah. Using that common so, sense. Yeah. So I'm more conscious that if every diet works, why not pick out the really good stuff in each one and put each them together? One. Yeah. And, and I think you, you touched on that, that, that big golden nugget. It's about getting back in control, making those, those conscious choices and not just falling into that pattern. Because I know that in the past when I've, I've had a meal um, that I know I was going to go out, and I'll be, I'll be thinking about, well, how many calories are in it? Um, I'll be thinking about, well, is it is it on plan if I go out for a Chinese meal or I go, go out for an Indian meal? Is, is it going to be a rich in fat? But then there was that shift of, well, actually, if if I just have a, a lighter breakfast and a, you know, a soup lunch, that's going to be better than, than maybe doing Slimming World where I'm on plan. I'm having like a huge jacket potato because it's free, having beans because it's free and having my A choice, which is cheese, which is fat. So having those choices and knowing that, and, and that's why I feel that I've been able to keep my weight down rather than having those, those free foods. And I know there's a lot of hate on social media around Slimming World because of the free foods. But again, I do love the Slimming World plan, but but it is true. If, if we're having lots of calories and then we're going out for a meal, you know, all weight loss is that calorie deficit. It doesn't matter how you dress it up. Absolutely. And I, and I do believe that Slimming World do a wonderful job of that, of being able to provide you with a plan that's really, it's got great nutrition and you can follow it. And it's its easier than having to think about the calories, having to think about yeah. the proteins and the fats and the carbs and all of those things. Mm -hmm. It's an easier plan to follow. But there is that, there is that offset of, right, okay, so I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. Let me, you know, take back, take that, back that control. And it's, it's wonderful that you're able to do that and, and also to do that guilt-free, because if yeah. we get into that that story about all that guilt, that's when that shame comes in, and that's yeah. when it's like, you know what, I'm having this, I'm having yeah. this, I've, I've, I've deserved this food, I've paid for it, I'm going to enjoy it, and you know what, I'm going to have that, I'm going to have more, I'm going to have the drinks, I'm going to have the desserts, yeah. it kind of just, it's sparkling, And then you think, the next day, I might as well have two days off. Yeah, and then I'll get back on it the day after, and before you know it, it's been a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think at some point, it's well, not at some point. Um, 
but I think you need to retain power even when you're on Slimming World or mm. any other plan. Absolutely. Um, but more so, get in there, learn, because I learned so much, especially the whole food optimizing. Yes. Um, I learned so much. I learned that if I want to eat a humongous plate of food, fill it with loads of speed, low calorie vegetables. Mm-hmm. I learned that actually protein is going to keep me fuller for longer. So if I put protein on there, I'm more, it's more likely to sustain me until my next meal. So I've yes. learned a lot. Yeah. you know but I think at some point you need to apply common sense and seek knowledge outside of Slimming World because it's not only Slimming World that works no. you know if for some reason you then can't afford the app and you can't check check how many sins are in each you know are in a packet of crisps mm. You need to have learned some other way of determining whether a food is good for you or not good for you whether you can have it or you can't have it yeah absolutely because you can't rely on paid membership for the rest of your life what if financially you're not in a position to do that so you can't solely rely on the plan without actually putting some knowledge into you that you can use wherever you go I can look at a meal when I go to you know to a restaurant and make an instant decision whether this is good or not so good whether yeah. I should or whether I shouldn't or if I do have it what am I then going to do about it and that's wonderful you're applying common sense you're applying that logic and I remember being on plan this was probably I want to say like 2012 or something like that and for me charmaine was the thing that I would have as my food at the yeah. weekend the takeaway and back then it was we've got so many sins within this charmaine and then it changed and this this charmaine had so much more sins, like ridiculously. So I couldn't really fit it in. And it was like, oh my goodness, that, that charmaine that you absolutely love, I can't have that now because it was like, I don't know, 28 sins or something. And, it, and it's true what you said there. It's about being able to be empowered to go out and make that. And it's not to say that, you know, don't go to Simon World, don't do the Simon World plan, but it, it's that, I guess it's feeling almost like that calmness within to, to make that that rational decision using that common sense that we've all got because we all know we all know like you said at the beginning we all know that if we're going to eat that junk food it's not great food we know what really truly you know fills our body with nutrition we know that we know that common sense and we need to we need to keep on with that and one thing that I've tried and a lot of my friends are really sold on is intermittent fasting and for anybody that's listened to this podcast that's wondering about intermittent fasting if if they've not looked into that and for anybody that listening that thinks you know what well if I'm not going to eat from a set time right until maybe 11 o'clock or even even midday the following day that they will be starving so I just want to to ask you how you felt about that because for me I was quite surprised when I tried intermittent fasting not just um that I wasn't necessarily starving for that meal but actually I woke up and there was no right I need to get breakfast now I need to follow this set pattern that I've always done every day um since I was a small child having that cereal how did you discover intermittent fasting and what for you have you found the benefits to be of intermittent fasting um for me the way I discovered intermittent fasting uh is actually through my faith I'm a Christian and we fast yes I can honestly say for many years, I really didn't enjoy it. 
um, because I felt like, oh no, it's that time of the year where I have to starve myself. Um, but I think when someone sort of, uh, with the intermittent fasting that I have always known, it's you don't eat anything until 6 p.m. So all day, nothing until 6 p.m. Wow. And I found that very, very hard. Yeah. But now intermittent fasting, you decide. You decide how much you can stretch yourself. No one is telling you that you can't eat breakfast at all. Maybe if you eat breakfast at eight, just delay it and have it at nine. A few days later, try having it at 10. So you can pace yourself. You can ease yourself gently into it. And it's not a must. So if you wake up one day and you just can't do it, eat the breakfast. Another day, you'll find it so easy. You can get to one o'clock, two o'clock. Mm. So I think flexibility makes intermittent fasting less um, painful, if you like. So yeah. when I decided to start intermittent fasting, um, I didn't do, I didn't intermittent fast every single day. I would wake up with the intention to do it for as long as I can. And if I woke up and after two hours, I couldn't do it anymore, I would try drinking water. If that failed, I'd have a coffee. If that just meant that I was able to delay by another half an hour, I was happy with that. Yeah. But what I also know is if you wake up in the morning and you have a plan of what you want to do with your day, if you wake up and you get on with your day, you're less likely to think about food. Absolutely. That, that distraction. Yeah. yeah. That distraction. It helps. You know, it's like when you go shopping and you're busy enjoying yourself, you can actually forget to eat lunch. Mm. Um, I think we're just creatures of habit. We wake up, we eat, you know, you wake up, you brush your teeth, you go downstairs, you make coffee, you eat. And then as you're eating your breakfast, you're thinking about what you're going to make for lunch. You don't yeah. think about, well, will I actually be hungry? Maybe this breakfast will be enough. Mm. We just have a routine and we follow it. We eat out of habit. And I always say that's the other thing on Slimming World. Um, I would eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a so-called sweet treat. And not that I needed it. It was, yeah. it was almost like what I was told to do, you yeah. know to give yourself um, that and it's that number again isn't it you know we talk about the habit my my brother is an absolute nightmare and it, it will be right okay what time is it we eating is it is it 12 o'clock I'm like and I would literally try and get him to to leave his his watch at home and I I don't wear watches I've got a thing about time but for me moving away from that that time on the clock is is so is so amazing and I'll now be really busy even if sometimes I'm getting up at five o'clock in the morning because I need to get things done and then I'll have breakfast after I've had a shower after I've done my hair after I've put my makeup yeah. on because do I need to to eat breakfast within 20 minutes of waking up which is what I used to be when I used to have my day job uh with my corporate company I used to get up have the breakfast yeah. have my coffee and it was all very regimented but again we, we it's almost like we've, we're dictated to that habit of that time on the clock and then, oh, it's, yeah. it's lunchtime and it's dinner time. So I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased that you've been able to move away from that. And and what for you, other than having, I guess, again, that, that more freedom, what for you have been the, the benefits of intermittent fasting? Um, for me, intermittent fasting, obviously, uh, one big thing is actually weight loss. 
but I like being in control. I like to know that I'm not controlled by food. I decide when I eat because food is fuel. I, I'm more in tune with my body. And when my body needs the fuel, I give it fuel. I don't just eat for the sake of eating. Yeah. Um, I now know that my body can cope without eating anything until noon. So I listen to my body more. I feel like I'm more in tune with my body. Mm. Um, and that feels great. I also find that I enjoy the feeling of an empty stomach rather than feeling full all the time. Now, when we're sleeping, we're, everyone does intermittent fasting because when we're sleeping, we're all fasting. Yeah. Nobody eats in their sleep. So as much as it sounds really daunting to some people, like, what? I can't survive without eating. Well, you do mm. because when you, you don't eat. So intermittent fasting is just saying stretch that out, you know, stretch that window a little bit wider than just your hours of sleep. Yeah. Um, I like the feeling of not being bloated because when you wake up and you eat breakfast and then you eat a snack and then you eat lunch, you eat a snack, you eat dinner, you eat your bedtime, you know, pre-bed snack and you go to bed, you're constantly bloated. Your digestive system is constantly working. I like the feeling of knowing that I give my digestive system a break a break yeah and I think sometimes when you are eating depending on what foods you eat too such as a pasta such as a, the big carbs it can give you give you that bloat and breakfast yeah. is breakfast you're breaking that fast so you don't have to break the fast at seven in the morning or eight you can, nope. you can do that at, ele at 11 and when I looked into intermittent fasting and when I researched that they there are there are studied to say if you struggle with an eating disorder if this is something that you really struggle with not to not to go through that that process of intermittent fasting but again I would I would really strongly advise you just to to use your common sense to know your body and to get into tune with your body just like what you said if you yeah. feel bloated if, if that food that you're eating is making you feel bloated that's making you feel uncomfortable then maybe swap that you know some cereals can have that effect that make you feel really bloated look at a protein-based breakfast that is going to make you feel um, fuller for longer it doesn't necessarily have to be you know bacon and eggs there's lots of mm -hmm. different foods that you can have yeah. and exchange that out and, and really start listening to your bodies and, and this is what I've, I've really loved about our chat today is that you know listening to your body getting in tune with your body and knowing that this is your body you're responsible for your body and and taking back that responsibility not thinking about that that scale giving you what what you need it's about being responsible being responsible for your health journey and, and making and, and moving those steps moving those mountains that you need to make to yeah. get where you need to be and everyone has a different goal everyone wants to feel a certain way and don't be that person where you get all the way to goal and then you think actually I still feel rubbish I'm looking at my reflection in the mirror and I still don't like what I see because this is this is my old point about doing this podcast. It's 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 got very little to do with the food. If your mindset is not in that place, it doesn't matter what what you see on those scales, doesn't matter how far they drop, if you're not in a good place mentally, you're still gonna have that that emptiness inside and you're still not gonna you're not gonna feel good about yourself and, and a wonderful, healthy weight loss is all about it's it's a big picture isn't it? it's a whole the whole circle weight loss mindfulness and and seeing that reflection and, and really truly loving yourself 
And I've loved our chat today. I've absolutely loved our chat. And if you've loved this podcast episode, if you'd like to go and follow Tender on YouTube, which which is where I follow Tender, you can follow Tender on Marvelous Encouragement. I'm going to pop the the links to Tender's YouTube in my show notes and also she's over on TikTok and on Instagram. So I've absolutely loved our chat. And I think that you've offered offered a lot, a lot of insight, a different conversation. And and I wish you well with the rest of your yeah rest of your weight loss journey. And I can't wait to, to continue to follow you over on YouTube. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Take care. So if you're really obsessed with that number on the scales, if you're somebody that that every morning has to jump on those scales, or if you're someone that has to wait to decide if they've been successful in their week by that number on that scales I hope that this episode is really honed into the fact that you're not on your own you know we get into the habit don't we of of looking at that number we get into that habit of, of allowing that number to dictate how good we feel how confident we feel how successful our week has been in terms of the changes that we've made those healthy changes so I hope this has been really relatable to you I've really enjoyed interview and tender for this podcast episode and if you'd like to to watch this over on my youtube channel you can go over to slimming stories or just click on the link in the show notes and also please go and follow to tender i've put the links for her channel too for marvelous encouragement and also for her instagram account and i think you know lifting each other up especially around these conversations is a wonderful thing to do and i'm so proud of myself i've made that commitment to get this published before one o'clock on saturday afternoon and i'm going to manage it i'm got a bit more to do and i'm going to get this published and my son's already put his order in for a full english breakfast which will now be lunch but i'm I'm happy with that it's all all good so i hope this message finds you well have a great week ahead thank you so much for tuning in and take care